0: You are listening to First Metro Securities' Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast, delivered every Tuesday, where we feature timely and relevant discussions on the Philippine stock market and the economy, in the hope of providing you investing and trading guidance. Here's your host, Royce Aguilar, from the Research Department at First MetroSec. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast. I'm Royce Aguilar, I'm part of the Equity Research Team. For those first-time users out there, first-time listeners rather, so the sequence is we'll talk about the weekly summary and outlook for the PSEI, and then we'll discuss stock picks. And then afterwards, we'll have a specific theme that we would like to talk about. And this week, we'll talk about renewables, okay? Let's get started. So last week, the PSEI inched down by 2.47% to close at 6,000. 324, so that's around 160 points. As the index mirrored the sell sell-off emerging from the plunge in the U.S. and European equities amid the surge in COVID-19 cases that prompted renewed restrictions and shutdowns in key areas, so that clouded the recovery outlook for the global economy. Hence, the sell-off. In terms of volume, volume was high last week at around 7.4 billion, and foreigners were net buyers by two billion. But uh, you know, most of those came in Monday, where the Converge IPO occurred. So in terms of what we think will happen this week, so we expect the market to post at least moderate gains as investors continue to anticipate third-quarter corporate earnings. So there are hopes of a stronger earnings season as the economy reopened with eased mobility restrictions during the quarter. So on the international front, though, so this is likely the highlight for this week. So investors will await key events from the U.S., specifically the presidential election the jobs report, and the scheduled monetary policy review. So in terms of corporate earnings, just to be specific about it, so we have SM, Aboitis Group, Metro Pacific Investments, Metrobank, uh, ICTSI having their earnings um, briefings on November 4th. So f- And then we have the PLDT and San Miguel Corp on Thursday. So those are your index names that will release earnings um, this week. In terms of our stock picks, so we have uh, three buy calls this week. So, first one, we have Century Pacific Food. For Century Pacific Food, it dropped 13% last week alone. So, when um, you talk, we want to talk about the technical. So, it actually brought the stock to trade at oversold levels with RSI at 27.18. So, CNPF is actually trading at oversold levels for the first time since March. That's where every stock dropped, right? So this is the first time CNPF is now trading at oversold levels again. So we think the sell-off last week was overdone. So besides that, the CNPF is trading near its support at 15.5, which you know prior to its uh, breakout months ago, that was the resistance level and it was holding well, right? So it's now a support at 15.5. So bottom line, we think this is a good risk to reward trade given the expected bounce. you know, In terms of fundamentals, in the post-pandemic normal, earnings should be more resilient and margins should be more stable in the back of better sales mix between the branded business segment and its volatile OEM counterpart. So we recommend CNPF at current prices. We recommend buying stock. You could lighten position when it trades below 15.5 or if you want more leeway, you could sell when it goes below 14.8 to avoid further downside. For a long-term investor, we have a target price of 22 for the stock. So that's around 42% upside from its recent close. First one, the second one we so have CHP. We actually released a trader's playbook for this one last week for CHP. In terms of earnings, it booked a net income seven hundred fifty-eight million last nine months of the year. So that actually came way above consensus estimates. In third quarter alone, net income was at around six hundred twenty million. So it actually quadrupled its first half of twenty net income. You know because of lower expenses. And recovery and third quarter, cement volume. So cement volume is actually 38% higher compared to second quarter. So we really see the rebound in the third quarter in terms of activity in the construction side. So it is a large upside surprise. Uh, It already surpassed the full year consensus estimates. And we think cement firms' earnings can continue to recover as the economy continues to reopen, infrastructure projects continue, both in the Public and private sectors. For its part, you know, the government looks to accelerate construction of its build, build, build projects with the proposed 2021 budget for the DPWH surging to $6,600 billion. That's around 55% higher compared to the budget this year. In terms of price action, CHP, you could buy that once it breaks above 1.80 to confirm the continuation of the of its bullish trend. And once you buy above 1.8, you can set your cut loss at 1.6, below 1.6 take profit at 2.2, 2.5. And if you follow the strategy, you do well. Of course, if you want a more in-depth technical analysis or more in-depth explanation on the fundamental side, you could go to First Metro Securities platform and take a look at our traders playbook report on CHP. Mm -hmm. Lastly, we have DNL. So for DNL, it's part of the industrial sector in the PSE, right? That's a a classification. DNL is part of the industrial sector. And that specific industrial sector dropped, 1.9% 1.9% last week. On a positive note, DNL managed to outperform within the sector, so it traded by 4.7% ahead of its release of its earnings result next week. So for us, we hold a positive view on easing restrictions on food establishments in GCQ areas, which allows for the operation of up to f- at least 50%, some 100%, I-, I believe, in terms of dining capacity. So this should translate to better volumes for DNL's food ingredients business, which accounted for 30% of DNL's profit for the past three years, so that's the 2017-2019 pre-pandemic average. In addition, the resumption of construction activities and public transport is seen to lift the volumes of its other specialties, chemicals, and biodiesel segments. Right, It has that business as well. And According to management, it con- DNL sees coconut oil exports to remain strong, which it expects to offset some of the weakness in the domestic market in the near term. We actually made a previous playbook on this one around uh, September twenty three. It already hit our initial profit-taking price of 6.93. But like I explained earlier, the price is holding up pretty well. Despite the market correction last week, if you're still holding the stock and you plan to continue to hold the stock and you're a trader, you can take profits at 7.1 to 7.5. So technically, it's still a buy for us this week. And you can set your cut loss at 5.90 to protect your gain should you continue to hold the stock. So that's for our weekly summary outlook and picks. Okay, so our theme for the week is all about renewables, right? We're going to specify the advantage and disadvantage of the country focusing on renewable energy. We'll discuss some several companies that are exposed to that sector. We will be discussing all about renewables because last week, the Department of Energy Secretary, Alfonso Kusi said that there's this moratorium on new coal power plant projects, right? Along with that, Kusi also disclosed that large-scale geothermal projects, so specifically those with an initial investment cost of fifty million U.S. dollars are allowed full foreign ownership. So first, let's discuss uh, all about renewable energy: its advantages, disadvantages. Okay. So in the modern world, so having this efficient energy infrastructure is vital to find social and economic success. So lack of a proper energy infrastructure is one of the major factors that can hinder a developing country's economic development. Right. So many countries in the developing world, like us, in this moment, are Suffering from frequent power outages, insufficient power supply access, so which sometimes affect us, right It's sometimes normal for us and we understand at least for the company's part, why is that happening? But we just want to address this certain misconception. So I read many sources about renewable energy, so there's this misconception around the cost effectiveness of renewable energy sources. so the erroneous view contends that renewable energy sources are an expensive luxury only affordable. To develop countries only. In reality, the proper implementation of renewable energy sources in developing countries could reduce their dependence on natural gas and oil. And investments in renewable energy technologies would be more cost effective than fossil fuels. Using renewable energy over fossil fuels has a number of advantages, right? So here are some. So, number one, renewable energy won't run out. So renewable energy technologies use resources straight from the environment to generate power. So these energy sources include the the sun, wind, tides, and biomass, to name some of the more popular options. Renewable resources won't run out, which cannot be said for many types of fossil fuels. As we use fossil fuel resources, they will be increasingly difficult to obtain, likely driving up both the cost and environmental impact. Number two, maintenance requirements are lower, so in most cases, Renewable energy technologies require less overall maintenance than generators that use traditional fuel sources. So this is because generating technology like uh, solar panels, wind turbines either have few or no moving parts and don't rely on flammable combustible fuel sources to operate. So fewer maintenance requirements just lead to more time and money saved. Number three, renewables save money. So using renewable energy can help you save money long term. Not only will you save on maintenance costs, but on operating costs as well. So when you're using a technology that generates power from the sun, wind, steam, and natural processes, you don't have to pay to refuel. The amount of money you will save using renewable energy can vary depending on a number of factors, including the technology itself. Number four, renewable energy has numerous health and environmental benefits. So Renewable energy generation sources emit little to no greenhouse gases or pollutants into thin air. This means smaller carbon footprint and overall positive impact on the natural environment. Let's go to disadvantages of renewable energy. Number one, of course, there's higher upfront costs. So while you can save money by using renewable energy, the technologies are typically more expensive up front than traditional energy generators. So to combat... This there's usually other governments give financial incentives such as tax credits, rebates available to help alleviate the initial costs. Another is storage capability. So because of the intermittency of some renewable energy sources, there's high need for energy storage. So while there are storage technologies available today, they can be expensive, especially for large-scale renewable energy plants. So it's worth noting that energy storage capacity is growing as the technology progresses, and batteries. Are becoming more affordable as time goes on. There's also this geographical limitation. So for example, in the US, it has a diverse geography with varying climates, topographies, and more. So this creates a beautiful melting pot of landscapes, but also means there are some geographies that are more suitable for renewable technologies than others, right? So for example, a large farm with open space may be a great place for a residential wind turbine or a solar energy system. Bottom line, so based on what we initially discussed, So, renewable energy can have more benefits than drawbacks transitioning to renewables on the country level will not only help the country save money or the company save money but also promote a cleaner healthier environment for the future okay so now i would like to discuss several local companies that are exposed to this sector right or at least are been involved in this sector so number one is first gen so first gen corp FGEN significantly rallied on the news that there's going to be a moratorium on uh, new coal-fired power plant projects. So it's mainly because it has at least a 45% stake in EDC. EDC is Energy Development Corp. And EDC is the country's largest producer of geothermal energy. So EDC currently operates 12 geothermal power plants in four geothermal service contract areas. Besides that, EDC has an aggregate installed capacity of approximately one thousand three hundred forty-one megawatts. It has a geothermal power plant in Leyte, Mindanao, other places of Mindanao, in Tongonan, Palinpinon, something like that. Besides that, First Gen is actually uh, solely focusing on renewable power plants. It does not have any coal-fired power plants, right? So it has natural gas-fired power plant, hydroelectric power plants, and the like. So that's why when there was this announcement, entirely by 11%. It actually hit another 52-week high because of that news. So that's FGEN. Another one is Ayala Energy. Right? It's AC Energy, ASEN. For ASN, currently, its existing assets are, it has one coal project, Eseltec. But most of its projects are wind, geothermal, right? For example, my Barara Geothermal. It has a wind project also under Finma Renewable. And the interesting thing here is there's this deal regarding AC Energy, Inc. That's the parent of AC Energy Philippines. So there's going to be this asset swap. So once the asset swap happens, which which, uh, I believe should happen anytime now, could be early next year, the assets AC Energy Philippines will receive are mostly renewables. It will have more wind. It will have more solar, biomass, power, plants. For example, in negros Gigasol, it will have those kinds of renewable energy projects under its portfolio, right so this will definitely bring a c energy into a whole new level after the asset swap with its parent company. It will include more assets with a total installed capacity of six hundred sixty five megawatts, mostly solar projects, so that will really bring a c energy into this certain identity as this leading, one of the leading renewable energy companies. So that's for AC Energy. Besides that, AC Energy Philippines disclosed that its board of directors approved the consolidation of Prasaj Corp. So that was 100% owned by AC Energy, the parent. Presage holds AC Energy's international renewable energy portfolio with total capacity is around 1,952 megawatts. So this will not only give AC Energy like the identity of being a leading renewable energy company, one of the leading renewable energy companies in the country, it will become a regional renewable company already with exposure in the likes of Indonesia, Vietnam, Australia, India. Once the transaction happens, AC Energy is expected to boost its earnings significantly. So that's for number one, FGen, and then AC Energy. And then we have uh, smaller companies. We have Vivant. So its ticker is VVT. So for Vivant, as of end 2019, its subsidiary, Vivant Energy Corp, holds all of the company's interest in the electric power generation business. So to date, Vivant has built a portfolio of both renewable and non-renewable power generation plants with total attributable capacity of 356 megawatts. So actually around 2007, it was really focusing on building its power generation portfolio more on the Visayas so it has Cebu Private Power Corp, so that's 70 megawatts located in Cebu. And then after some several years, the company participated in the government's privatization efforts conducted by the Power Sector Assets and Liabilities Management. So it acquired 0.8 megawatts hydroelectric power plant in Negros Island. It was appointed as the independent power producer of the 70 megawatts hydroelectric power plant in Ilocosur in 2009. And then the fun fact here is it's actually also exposed in the power generation business. It also has power distribution business. So that's the fun fact. Visayan Electric Company has been in the distribution business since in the early 1900s. VECO's service, Visayan Electric Company's service coverage is about 672 square kilometers. So it's covering around 450,000 customers with a peak demand of 600 megawatts and electricity sales of 3,501 gigawatts per hour since 2019. So Vivant has a, actually has a stake in that. Okay, so that's Vivant for you. And then we have a BSC, so that's basic energy. Basically, just looking at the ownership, Basic Energy Corp has a subsidiary, Basic Geothermal Energy Corp. So it's 100% owned, but the nature of business is mostly exploration and development of geothermal energy sources. It also has a subsidiary, Basic Renewables Inc., so the nature of business is also exploration, development, and utilization of renewable energy resources. And then lastly, we have ALSONS, ALSONS Consolidated Resources, ACR. So the core business is mostly consisting of energy and power, property development, and other investments. So ACR, ALSONS, through its energy and power unit, is also conducting feasibility studies on renewable energy projects. So. Alson's also has wholly owned subsidiary, Alson's Power, which handles the development of power plant projects outside the country, right? So Alson's already ahead of shifting of policy by the government. So it's already conducting feasibility studies as we speak. So it also has a subsidiary, Alson's Renewable Energy Corp. So it's 80% owned by the company. So there, those are the companies that are exposed or at least exploring towards Renewable energy resources. I hope you guys um, learned a bit regarding which companies will benefit from the moratorium on new coal-fired power plants. So that's it. So this is Roy Sigular of the Equity Research Team. So thank you for listening into another episode of Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast. And as always, with First Metro Securities, it's hashtag Your Feature First. Thanks for listening to First Metro Securities Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast. Don't forget to follow us to get first dibs on our new episodes. For more up-to-date market news and info, exclusive content, and the opportunity to connect with your fellow Filipino investors and traders, join Facebook.com/slash groups slash First MetroSec and be part of the First MetroSec family.